This is a very powerful gospel passage, and the meaning runs deep. And you know that I'm always saying I want to take you back to seminary and pulling out my seminary notes, and I had several classes on Scripture, and I'm so grateful for that. And uh, what we learned, I want to share with you, because this is powerful. Um, the meaning, you might not hear it when you first read this, like what's going on with the oil lamps? Uh, just be ready, right? That's kind of the message. No, it's deeper. All right, there were three stages of a Jewish wedding at this time in Palestine, first century. First, there was the engagement. That was the formal agreement made by the fathers. So the fathers set it up between the son and the daughter. Then there was a betrothal. Betrothal was the ceremony where mutual promises were made. Mary was betrothed to jo Joseph. And so this was already entering into a legal marriage. It was the second stage. And then third was the actual marriage, where one year later, when the bridegroom came, many times at an unexpected time. But it would be a year later. Now, what we just read in this parable, the first two stages have already happened. There's already been an engagement. There's already a betrothal. They've already taken place. Now the wedding party awaits the coming. Of the, it was kind of like Advent, right? We await the coming of our groom. Jesus is the groom. We, the church, is the bride. And we await. So the bridegroom may come unexpectedly and sometimes in the middle of the night. This is the way it was. Since the wedding processions, okay, they were from the bride's to the groom's house. That's how they did it. And when it was at night, they needed light. They needed light. So the bridal party had to be ready at any time to meet him. Interesting. So when the bridegroom has arrived, then the door is shut and latecomers are not admitted. Now people always say, well, I'll just wait for the deathbed conversion. Well, if you listen to this gospel, you might not want to push it. Now's the time for conversion. So anyway, in one way, this is directed at the Jews because they were the chosen people that should have been prepared for the Messiah they weren't. Instead, they were unprepared and therefore shut out. Now, in some ways, we're the same now. We're in the same situation. God has been warning us that there are certain things that cannot be obtained in the last minute. Don't live a life of debauchery, sin, gluttony, and lust and thinking, well, I'll just on my deathbed have a conversion. There may not be time. You might go instantly. So we have to wake up. You know, it's kind of like a student. It's kind of late if you don't do any work in the whole semester and think the night before the exam, you're going to be able to do that. I only pulled that off once in my life. I remember studying for a physics exam, and I was up all night the night before, and finally it clicked like 3 in the morning. But man, I would never want to do that again because most of the time that's not going to work. So it's... Sometimes too late when a student tries to prepare the day of the exam. You got to be ready. Here in the New Testament, Christ is the groom and the whole church is the Christ's bride. We know this from Ephesians. And the mass, 
is the wedding. That's where the groom, Jesus, comes to us, unites with us, the bride. And so, like these women, we need to be ready for the groom. This is amazing symbolism. Now we talk about here the oil. What's going on with the oil? In the Bible, what does the oil represent? Many times the Holy Spirit. That's why anointing of the oil is giving the Holy Spirit. Confirmation, oil. You are anointed with oil. That's the Holy Spirit is sealing you. So without oil, the wedding party wasn't ready. First of all, because there would be no light. They needed the oil for the light. Without the Holy Spirit, no one is ready for the return of Jesus. You got to be confirmed. Please, if you're not confirmed, get confirmed. You know, the Father is made known to us by the Son, and the Son is made known to us how? By the Holy Spirit. Oil heals. That was also why they used it in biblical times. The Holy Spirit heals us, restores us. Oil lights when it is burned in a lamp. Where the Holy Spirit is, there is light. This is really powerful. Thus, the foolish virgins were not excluded just because the door was locked and they were not recognized. It was mainly because they offended the groom because they were not prepared. Don't offend our Lord. Be prepared. Well, Father, how do I prepare? The sacraments. The best way, getting to Mass, going to confession, receiving Holy Communion. And in the case, if you're homebound or sick, get anointing. I asked Father Matthias Thalen to anoint my cousin Sandy. Thank you so much for all of you with the prayers. She drank a can that had fallen into the water, sealed by canoeing, and she shook the can off and she drank it and got a parasite. Horrible, it's ravaged. She had slipped into a coma. Um, her kidneys uh, blew out her kidneys. She had to be on kidney dialysis. She couldn't talk, and now she's out of the coma. Praise be to God. So your prayers again is just incredible how the Marion Helper families, and know that we pray for you. If you're sitting there watching, say, well, what about my prayers, Father? Yeah, I can't read all the intentions here in the Mass, but I read every one of those that you send to me, that you send on our comments. I read every single one. I can't respond to every single one because there's thousands, but I read every single one. It's amazing how our Marion family, God brought us together. And anointing is a way that we can heal our brothers and sisters. Healing with oil is normally done, of course, yes, when the sick person is conscious. So let's say a few things before I end here about anointing. Um, it may be used those for who have lost consciousness as well, like my cousin. Um, if they, they believe that they, if we think that they would have wanted the sacrament of anointing. So you can anoint an unconscious person. Families have told me, no, I don't want it. Well, they're Catholic. Well, yeah, but they have to be awake to tell you they want it. No, if they're Catholic and they're unconscious, we're going to make the assumption that they would want it. So we do the anointing conditionally. A bad accident in Michigan. I was driving late one night. 
And you, when you come upon the scene of an accident, if somebody's there dying, they're unconscious, they can't speak, I will anoint them conditionally, not knowing if they're even Catholic or not, but you anoint conditionally because they are not able to speak, but they're in the crisis of death under the condition that they are Catholic and they would want this anointing. If they're not, then you've, you've done nothing wrong. Yes, you're not supposed to anoint people who don't want it, who are consciously say, oh, I don't care about that. No, we don't anoint them. But anointing forgives the sins and gives absolution, even if the person is unable to make a confession. That's the power of anointing. If you have loved ones in the nursing home or the hospital, please get them anointed. Or even if you're going into surgery and you're going to be under anesthesia, anesthesia is always, there's always a risk. Now, very rare. But if you're going under anesthesia, you should get anointed because there's always the chance that something might happen. I don't want to scare anybody, but that's just a reality, albeit very rare. All right. It's mainly for those who will die. Yes. The anointing is a, is a, is a, a unction. It's a, it's a, a preparation for death. This is true, but it's also for physical healing and even psychological healing. If their situation is dangerous it can also be given if there's just a chance of death. Like I said, with anesthesia. Now, this is different from a healing mass. A lot of people get confused and they say, Father, I was anointed last week. I went to the Marian Father's healing mass. Or Father Anthony put the anointing. No, 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 no. That's not sacramental anointing. When you go to a healing mass and they put the oil on your forehead and they call, this is the one issue that I have. I wish the church would clarify this and we usually don't, is anointing means blessing. So when, when you go to a, a healing mass and they say, we're going to anoint you and they take the oil and then you come up in a long line and I, I bless you in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. Um, they think that that's a sacramental anointing. That is not sacramental anointing. Sacramental anointing is where the rite is actually done. There's a full rite. And so don't think as somebody is in the hospital went to a healing mass a year ago that they were anointed. Now, sometimes at a healing mass, the priest may take a special person and give them the full rite of anointing. So maybe that did happen to you. But just be, be aware, as this gospel says, be ready, right? Now, a priest can give, as I said, conditional anointing, not knowing if they're Catholic. Now, what about baptized? If you're a baptized non-Catholic, can you receive anointing? A baptized non-Catholic can receive it. But if it is known they are not baptized, they need to be baptized first. And to get it, even if you are baptized but non-Catholic, you have to desire for the sacramental gift and grace. So it's not just handed out like party favors. This is important. So also too, in cases I've given the apostolic pardon. The apostolic pardon is powerful because basically it's a plenary indulgence, but the conditions are made up for by the church rather than the person. Because normally when you do a plenary indulgence, like half an hour of scripture, half an hour of adoration, uh, walking the stations of the cross, praying the rosary with another person or inside a church or chapel, you can get a plenary indulgence. 
But four conditions must apply. You must receive or be in a state of grace and go to confession within 20 days before or after, after if you're in a state of grace. If you're not in a state of grace, you gotta go before. Receive Holy Communion. Pray for the intentions of the Holy Father and our Father, Hail Mary, Glory Be usually, and then have no attachment to sin. That's not easy. An apostolic pardon is incredible. If the priest comes to visit your sick grandma or your sick parent or your sick dad or sibling, ask for the apostolic pardon. It shocks me that some priests don't do this, especially if the person is really near death. An apostolic pardon is basically the same grace as a plenary indulgence, the forgiveness of all sins and punishment. Not just the forgiveness of all sins, but all the punishment wiped away and the church does the conditions for them. That's incredible. I mean, that's like Divine Mercy Sunday in a way. But you only get it at your death. It can be given by any priest. It's really a last plenary indulgence is really what it is. If a Catholic has been, has had a regular habit of prayer throughout their life and at their end of their life receives this anointing and the apostolic pardon, they are cleansed. Now, you can't just go around saying, Father, do that guy, that guy, that guy, that guy, because if they have never lived the Christian life or they're not accepting of Jesus, it's not going to work. So I'm not saying just do this randomly, but we need to do it for people who have some faith. We should have absolution before, go to confession before, so you're in a state of grace, but the apostolic pardon relieves the punishment. This is amazing. So if a priest is not available, then what do you do? Father, there's been no priest. I'm not, I can't find one. Do an act of contrition and a spiritual communion. Asking God for the grace as if you did make it to the sacrament. And then promise to go back to the sacrament as soon as possible. If you're on your deathbed, it may not be possible. So you make an act of contrition, telling the Lord you're sorry or if your loved one is dying, just walk them through it. Be at their bedside, pray the chaplet with them, and then try to walk them through. Just say to the Lord, you're sorry. An act of contrition, I'm sorry, Lord, for what I've done and what I've failed to do. And then walk them through a spiritual communion. That's what Philip, our postulate, will read to you at the end of this Mass. I can't receive you sacramentally, but please give me the graces if I did. This is amazing. So do that. But if a priest cannot be present for the apostolic pardon, the church grants such persons who are rightly disposed a plenary indulgence to be obtained at the approach of death, provided that they regularly prayed in some way during their lifetime. That's amazing. The use of a crucifix or a cross is recommended. So even if they can't talk, Father, my, my, my mom is unconscious. She can't even talk. Just put a crucifix in their hand. The church teaches that if they're unable to respond, they can't even talk to a priest or a priest is unavailable. Put a crucifix in their hand and, 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 and wrap their hand around it. That is what our church teaches. May be enough for their salvation. And that power rests with you for your loved ones. Amazing what we are given in, in, in responsibility by God to help our loved ones. And finally, 
In such a situation, there are usually conditions, as I said, to get the plenary indulgence, but in this way, the Holy Spirit provides. We do our best. God knows we can't do what we can't do, but God gives us the aid. He gives us the church, the sacraments, to be able to assist us in this journey. He gives us the gift of the saints and the gift of our mother. Today, I said, is Our Lady of Chestahova. Here at the National Shrine, if you've ever been here, we have the two big paintings in the back of our church up on the wall. One on the right is Our Lady of uh, the Dawn Gate, Vilnius. She's the, uh, the patron of Vilnius. That's where we are Lithuanian in part of our, 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 our tradition. And on the left, we have Our Lady of Chestahova, which is the queen and protector of Poland. We were the first men's community ever created in Poland. Um, and we were the first men's community to ever bear ever in the world the Immaculate Conception. The Our Lady of Chestahova, you may have heard, is the Black Madonna. Tradition is that Luke used the table, the wood table, from the, uh, the home of the Holy Family and painted the image of Our Lady on it. It was then moved later to Poland. It's been in Poland for hundreds of years, for centuries. And tradition says that in the 1400s, now I'm Czech, Czech, Czechoslovakian on my mom's side, I'm Croatian on my dad's side, it was the Czech Protestants that came and tried to crush the Polish Catholics. And they slammed the image down onto the ground and one soldier took his sword and tried to cut it and he made two swipes at it. And those are the two swipe marks. If you see Our Lady, she has two cut marks on her cheek. And the soldier cut it twice and then the third time he fell to the ground in agony and died. They tried everything to fix those scars on the painting to paint over it and it wouldn't. So we knew that our Lord wanted that. In a way, it shows the marks of Our Lady and what she has borne or bore for her son. We too should bear for our Lord. To be, to be mistreated as he was is part of the Christian life. Unfortunately, it's not easy, but with God's grace, we can persevere. So anyway, rely on the Holy Spirit. Rely on the sacraments and the oil of anointing rely on the gift of Our Lady of Chestahova. These are all ways to help us so we can be prepared. Not like the 10 virgins who weren't ready, but like the ones who were, the 10 virgins who were. So praise be to God for this gift that we have in our faith. Are you a Marian helper? Join our Spiritual Benefit Society and start sharing in the graces of all the daily masses, prayers, and good works of Marian priests and brothers all over the world. Sign up is free and easy. Simply visit micprayers.org. That's micprayers.org. Thank you, and God bless you. Please follow or subscribe to this podcast to receive the latest episodes and updates. If you have been blessed by this podcast, I invite you to leave a review. Reviews greatly improve our podcast ranking and will help spread this podcast to other people throughout the world. Are you enjoying this podcast? I invite you to listen to more shows brought to you by the Marian Fathers of the Immaculate Conception. Join us daily for enriching spiritual content which will help you on your journey with Jesus Christ.
simply visit divinemercyplus.org for a complete list of our shows. That's divinemercyplus.org. Are you a Marian helper? Join our Spiritual Benefit Society and start sharing in the graces of all the daily masses, prayers, and good works of Marian priests and brothers all over the world. Sign up is free and easy. Simply visit micprayers.org. That's micprayers.org. Thank you, and God bless you.